Just as we continue to worship Him, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, just just want to encourage you to enter into His goodness this morning. Whatever is is stopping you or holding you back, maybe you had some negative experiences with religion or some disappointments. Just the Spirit of the Lord just wants to lift you up lift you up above your circumstance as we come and worship him we've come before the king of kings the lord of lords he he's he's not a man that he would lie he is god he is king over all the earth yeah so let let every man let every woman let every child in this place give him honor this morning give him glory Give Him praise for He's a good God and He won't disappoint you. Whatever you entrust into Him, He's able to keep until that day. He's able to keep your life. Whatever you entrust to Him, if you entrust your life to Him, He can bless you. He can use you. He can heal you. He can meet your every need. But you must come, come to Him. Remove every reservation. Don't hold back from Him this morning. He wants more of you. I believe there's more of you to surrender to Him this morning because He wants to bless you more. He wants to encourage you more. He wants to lift you up. In His presence, there's fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. By His Spirit, He wants to bless you. He wants to bring you out from the earth realm, from the the realm of the senses and bring you into into a spiritual place this morning. He wants to bring you into the heavens this morning. He wants to lift you up, lift you up above all the doubt, all the confusion. In His presence, there is no confusion. In His presence, there is healing. In His presence, there is no sickness. In His presence, there is faith. There is belief. There is no doubt. So as we leave this this earth realm, this disappointing, this confused place of doubts and inconsistencies, We come into the presence of a great King where there is no confusion. There is no holding back. All the promises of God are yes and amen for you in Christ Jesus. But let us leave our doubts. Let us leave our confusion. Let us leave our disappointments and come into the presence of a great King who's gonna bless you this morning. He's going to minister to you. He's going to meet your every need. But let us come humbly, expectant to receive from Him. Let us give Him all the honour. Give give Him all the praise and all the glory that is rightfully His. He is King. Jesus is King. I declare this morning into the atmosphere that Jesus is King. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. 
Let no man glory in His presence. Then let no flesh glory in His presence. Jesus is King. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Bless You.
See the Lord just dropping treasures into your into your hands as you reach out to Him this morning in the Spirit. Worship is not a carnal activity; it's not a, a fleshly activity. It's a spiritual activity, and we come before a spiritual King. God is Spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him. In spirit and truth, you can. Man tries to worship him in the flesh, but it achieves nothing. But true worshippers worship him in spirit and in truth, as Jesus said. So, as you come before him and you reach out your spiritual hands this morning, he wants to fill you up. With the treasures of heaven, with spiritual riches that are stored for you in heavenly places, but you must reach out. I just see him this morning, just dropping treasures into you as you work, as you reach out to him. 
They're treasures that you, you have not yet received in your life that are going to benefit you in your walk with Him. So Father, we just receive what You have for us. Father, we come before You not to give You anything but our adoration and our worship. Father, we just receive right now from You What you have is good for us and we receive it with open hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all the blessings of heaven. Thank you for the treasures of secret places that you bestow on your people. Oh, God, what is man? You were mindful of us. Oh, Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the treasures of heaven. Thank you, Lord. There is nothing on this earth that compares to you. You are more valuable than all the gold and silver of this earth put together. God, we stand in awe of our great King. Surrender, surrender, surrender to Him this morning. Give it up, lay it down. Come on, thank you, Lord. God, we give it, to, we give it all to you this morning, Lord. God, nothing holding back, God. Nothing holding back, Lord. Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes, Jesus. place of exchange this morning.
His greatness. Yeah, it's, it's unsearchable through the natural mind, through the natural man. But His Spirit has searched the deep things of God and revealed them to us this morning. Father, we thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. You cannot remain the same in the presence of a great King. You can come into religion and you can go out the same, but you cannot come before the presence of a great King and hear His voice and remain unchanged. So this morning as as Sim comes and shares God's Word with us, let us come with a right heart. Let us realise that we are coming to hear the words of a great King. We're not coming to hear the words of man. And as we come before the presence of a great King to hear His wisdom, may our lives never remain the same. May You change from glory to glory. Father, thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Thanks, Joy. Welcome to church. Yeah, God is He's good. He's very good. He's all the time good. Yeah, I think we should expect joy. Um, we do expect tribulation. Jesus said those who live godly in Christ Jesus will undergo tribulation, criticism and persecution. But we don't expect to suffer from the hand of a good God. If God is good, He's good. End of story. There's no shadow of doubt in that. So may we not try to understand God through our negative experiences in this world. Whenever God spoke to His people in the Bible, He called them up. He called them up away from their experiences, their negative experiences in life. He called them up a mountain into his presence where he could speak. So as we come here this morning to hear the word of a great king, let us put off all of our pride and arrogance that would come with any critical mindset and just come to receive. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. There's no accusation in God's presence that can stand. I was reading in in the book of Samuel this morning and I could see that there was no open heaven in those days. Darkness was on the land and there was no open vision. There was no word of God that was for the people. And God saw a little boy uh, by the name of Samuel whom his mother dedicated Uh, to the Lord's work and Samuel hadn't heard the voice of God and he heard somebody calling his name he thought it was Eli and he woke up at night and he went to Eli and said what do you want and that happened three times 
And then Eli said he perceived that God was calling. And so then Samuel, the fourth time God spoke, Samuel replied, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Speak, your servant hears. And as we approach God, may we have that attitude. Lord, speak to me. I hear you. And God spoke to him and said, what I'm going to speak to you is going to cause a burning in the ears of all of Israel. God is looking for somebody to speak to this morning. There's not just going to hear him, but he's going to speak to you if you dedicate your life like Samuel. God saw that little boy Samuel that he had dedicated his life to hear the voice of a great king and to represent that on the earth. So I just encourage you this morning just to put off criticism and just come before God this morning and just say, God, speak to me, speak to me, that I can be your mouthpiece in this world, that I can be part of the world's solution. And I'd encourage you to do that Every day when you open the word of God, God, speak to me. Speak to me. I need to hear your voice. Correct my life. Adjust my life according to your word. I don't want religion. I want to hear the voice of a great king that's going to bring change and transformation. We cannot stand before the almighty God creator of heaven and earth who created this world with his word and expect to hear that same word and remain unchanged so father we just thank you for not only ears to hear this morning but just we thank you for surrendered hearts we come before you without the answers we come before you as teachable people this morning, Father. We, and, and just as Sim comes and shares your word with us, Father, may we hear your word. May we change our lives to reflect Jesus. We want Jesus to be reflected in our lives. We want Jesus to be um, exalted, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Awesome. Um, yeah. Do you still want to preach to us, Sim? We're not giving you any choice, man. So. <laughs> yeah, just uh, Sim shared a few weeks back uh, in the evening service just regarding the Bride of Christ. And, yeah, that's why I asked him if he could come this morning and share that same message because it was, yeah, I think it was quite relevant to where we are, you know, as a, as a family. And, um, yeah, so just enjoy. Thanks, Sim.
I'll, I'll take it off in a second oh, anyway. Sorry. I was just, just while I was getting set up, I didn't want to <laughs> hold it. Sorry, guys. Awesome. Well, it's good to see everyone. Morning, church. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a privilege to get to share with you guys. Um, yeah, as Jules was saying uh, the other Sunday, I was just sharing about the bride and that's been a big... I guess revelation for me to take to heart being his bride, um, allowing him to love me as his bride and, and let the love of the bridegroom actually like minister to my heart and then, then love him from that place. Um, yeah. And so even what we're seeing about like seeing Jesus rightly, I don't think we, we find ourselves until we see him rightly. Um, and, and even see who we are in the very reflection of his eyes. Um, and I actually want to get Zoe up here quickly. She's been writing some poetry, which is very exciting, and um, tapping into some creativity with the Lord. And I was just at a revival group chatting with her, and then she's like, I've been writing these poems, and she showed, showed me one of them, and I thought it would be a beautiful way for us to even just like start to think about being his bride. And um, you also had a pretty cool little dialogue with the lord and vision of some heavenly things too so you might you might chuck that in too um just want to steward the things of god well and you guys all have treasures like jules you were saying actually on the inside of you that so just want to draw out some treasures on the inside of zoe so just invite her up to to share quickly (laughs) you're too kind um do you want me to start with the poem or do you want me to start with the vision? Okay. Uh, the poem? Okay, sweet. I'll do that. Okay, so I, yeah, as, as Sim said, I've been just like tapping into some poetry. I'm a bit of a writer and God was just letting out this like dialogue on my heart and then just all happened at once. And yeah, so this one's called Breath. You cannot expect to have intimacy with the Lord unless you come face to face with his presence as a lover would their bride. Unless you allow him to inhabit your entire being, his breath becoming your breath, your bodies and spirits entwined. For failure to partake in the dance of intimacy results in the known becoming unknown and a lover becoming a stranger. That's it. Um, And then later on, I have a lot of chats with God at night we just kind of like chat together and I ask him questions and he kind of like answers me and sometimes yeah all the time actually but um yeah and so the other night I was just laying in bed and I was just like God what will heaven be like and he just showed me this vision of this like really cracked dry landscape and it was just like so barren and so dry and there wasn't like an ounce of water or anything of like life on this cracked dry landscape and then he showed me this um water droplet just like come into the land and then start to like flow through it and like bring it life and I just felt of that feeling of being like completely parched of water and then all of a sudden becoming like quenched and like that's like the taste of like heaven for us and then Sim then was like do you know that's in the word and I was like no I don't and then he showed me it in I see I got it up you sent it to me didn't you you sent it to me later. Um, in Isaiah 42, was it? 43? Um, it says, Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. 
Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway into the wilderness, rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will glorify me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. For I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I'll pour out my spirit on, the, on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. That's me. How good was that? <laughs> Far out. Yeah, I thought that was really cool as well that like what Zoe was um, having the Lord reveal to her and expressing through poetry was essentially the the crux of the message I actually preached um, that she wasn't even there for. Like, <laughs> and, and then Jules, he's asking me to share uh, this morning. And yeah, I, I feel like I want us to actually go to Ephesians 5 just because Paul... Um, he actually brings a, a pretty divine and pretty beautiful revelation um, for us of the relationship that that God wants us to have uh, with Him, and uh, I'll, I'll give you guys a reference point uh, of five twenty-five, and we'll kind of go through a few of the verses. Um, but I just want you to quickly even have a look at verse thirty-two, um, where where Paul is saying this mystery is great, the one he's speaking of in the previous verses, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Um, and then if you look at uh, Ephesians 5.25, it seems like he's giving very practical instructions for, for husbands in the way that they should treat their wives and wives in the way that they should treat their husbands, which the practical um, advice and the wisdom is is still very powerful, but the fact that Paul actually says the mystery I'm revealing to you is actually that of Christ and the church, I feel like that almost needs to be at the forefront of our minds and then realize if we get that, it's going to flow into your marriages. <laughs> it's going to flow into how husbands are going to treat their wives and how wives are going to treat their husbands because of the revelation of the relationship between us as his bride and Jesus as our husband. Um, so I just want to read through a few of the verses just, um, yeah, to just let us actually catch it in the spirit what, what Paul's wanting to reveal. Because um, it isn't something to understand really with your mind so much as it is to understand with your spirits. Like what Zoe was actually sharing with, like our spirits are joined to his. It's intertwining. It's actually we, we understand intimacy with him when we come and see him face to face. And so, yeah, I even just want you guys to think of yeah, yourselves as that bride that even, you know, Paul is actually talking about here. Um, and so 525 is husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. I'm going to go to verse 28. Uh, so husbands ought to also love their own wives as their own body. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. I even just want to stop there uh, quickly. Just with this understanding is that, that there is this teaching that husbands are to treat their wives as their own body, but then to take that to heart that Jesus is actually saying, I want to treat you 
as my own body. And Jesus nourishes and cherishes his own body. And that's the beauty where we are his bride, but we are also his body. So there's, there's two revelations he's actually imparting to us is come and receive the nourishment and cherishment that, that the Lord has for his own body. And that's actually what he's teaching for us as his bride to realize that we're in a place, we're in a body, we're a part of a lover whose name is Jesus that actually wants to nourish and cherish us. And, and we actually have that privilege because we are members of his body. And then there's the flow on of that, of then husbands also take up this revelation that Christ is giving that we can love our wives as we would our own body. Um, and, and it continues because there's these, these two things that are going on. It's, it's almost a difficult passage to like, what is Paul talking about? Is he talking about husbands treating their wives well and wives treating their husbands well? Or is he teach, you know, teaching about something much more spiritual and kind of mysterious? Um, because then we have like in verse 26, after, after the verse about Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, um, verse 26 is so that he might sanctify her. Um, having cleansed her by the washing of water by the word. And so we start to actually see that, that Christ is wanting to give himself for a bride, but also in order that he could sanctify her and actually cleanse her. Because his, his desire is to, as we know, is to, to present this, this spotless bride. And that's what it says in uh, verse 27, is that he might present to himself the church in all her glory having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. And so we actually, we actually see that in this intimate relationship with the Lord, he is actually preparing a bride, that, that our perpetual state on this earth is actually a state of preparation in becoming his bride individually and also, also corporately. And, and it's this beautiful reality that, that he demonstrates his love, he lays his life down, and then he comes and he sanctifies her. Um, and, and he presents her in all her glory. And he actually removes every spot and wrinkle. It's, it's like that, that beautiful sacrifice, you know, that Jesus was, that lamb without spot, like completely innocent, blameless, and, and even holy is what he says. I want to present her to be holy and blameless. Um, which is really quite beautiful but also quite like striking that this is the kind of bride he wants to to produce this is the kind of bride he is desiring not just at at the end date but this is the bride he's looking to create and prepare now and so he's actually creating us into this bride um and i actually want to pop over to um first thessalonians uh as well because of this word sanctify that actually really caught caught my eye and it's one of those words that you know comes comes up quite a bit, but you're like, what does that mean? What does it mean to sanctify, you know, someone or have a bride that is a sanctified bride? Um, and so, First Thessalonians chapter five, um, going to start at verse twenty-three. I'm just going to focus on twenty-three and twenty-four. Um, and it's, it's Paul's prayer to the, the Thessalonians at, at the end of his, his first letter to them. Um, and so the prayer is, now may, 
the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you and he also will bring it to pass. That's a pretty crazy prayer. (laughs) And so if that's actually a revelation of God's heart for us, it's that we would be sanctified entirely in spirit, soul, and body. And there's actually a preservation of our completeness that we would be preserved complete and that we would be without blame, um, which talks about innocence being restored, that guilt and shame are removed because there's no, there's no finger of blame being pointed um, at us any longer. And I want to I touch on that word sanctify just because it came up again in, in this verse. And uh, in the Greek, uh, the word is hagiazo. And, and there is uh, kind of two different definitions that, that are involved in the word. Um, and the, the first part of the definition is uh, to separate, to consecrate, to dedicate to God. So it's almost like they would actually sanctify you know, things for God, even like instruments or objects that would be sanctified for the purposes of God. Um, but then the second part of the definition um, for sanctify is to purify to cleanse externally, to purify internally by the renewing of the soul, to purify, which is to make free from the guilt of sin. So it isn't actually just that he's separating us, like that's what it means that he's sanctified us. But, but this revelation that, that God himself is, is desiring to sanctify us, which we also saw in Ephesians, is actually this revelation of purification from the inside out. Um, and actually a renewing of the soul, that our soul, which is our mind, will, and our emotions, would actually become renewed and made new, and, and that this purification would, would result in us seeing ourselves as pure in his eyes, that he calls us holy and blameless. And, and the, these words, actually, when you look into them, is really without fault. Like, it, the words that you, you see in the definition of them are offensive because it's like perfection, without fault, without defect. Like, he doesn't see anything wrong be like no surely but no he doesn't because of actually the power of his blood actually because of like when when some manifestations the washing of his word like the reality of his purification and his blood is actually such an intimate reality for us that it cleanses us completely if we'll let it um and he actually wants us purified and renewed in in the entirety of our being sanctify you entirely it's like he doesn't want to leave any part of you untouched by his blood, untouched by his redemption um, as his bride. And his desire is that you'd be preserved complete in your spirit, soul, and body. And yeah, that just actually really, it really impacted me um, just to realize like he's a husband to us and he's actually very protective of us. And like part of it is that he's actually protecting us from even being with stain, being with wrinkle, being with spot. Like, because we all were with those things, but then he's removed them, but his love and, um, yeah, just his protection actually comes around us to preserve us. Um, and, and even that word preserve, when I looked into it, it was like to guard, it's like to keep one in the state which he is. So it's like, it's not even that he just left us alone after he washed us with his word and washed us with his blood. He actually continues to preserve us. 
He continues to like wrap himself around us and continue to keep us actually holy and pure. And um, I just found that really, really beautiful. And, and, and the word complete there, when it talks about um, to be preserved complete, um, I wouldn't be able to pronounce this one in the Greek, but it's something like holokloros or something. Um, <laughs> had a funny name, but um, it, it really does talk about the entirety of your being, the wholeness of your being, a body without blemish or defect. When he's talking about preserving you complete, it actually is, he's not allowing things to um, affect uh, the state in which you are in any longer. He's actually f a fierce husband protecting you. And the marriage covenant ends up being this form of protection because we're united with the one who is holy. It's not, it's not holiness apart from him or holy because we just got set apart and now we're sweet. It's like the reason why we're actually set apart and holy is because of him. It's because of the one that we are joined to. Um, and, and the revelation actually even of that Moses uh, was able to catch, um, which I'm just going to touch on really quickly as well, if I can find it. Yeah, in Exodus 33. Um, and going to just briefly go through a few verses, uh, 13, 14, 15, and 16 in Exodus chapter 33. Yeah, and Moses is having a dialogue with the Lord and it's, it's a revelatory dialogue for us, even though he's in the old covenant. Um, he's, he's catching things that are just so applicable and, and relevant to our walk with him. Um, and so Moses is saying, if I found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you so that I may find favor in your sight. And then the Lord says, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses' response is, if your presence does not go with me, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all other people who are upon the face of the earth? The first part that I, I, I love and was really drawn to is the evidence for him finding favor with God is that he would know his ways in order that he may know God. And so it's like we actually need to know intimately the ways of God in order to know him. We need to know what his heart beats for, what he's passionate about, what his um, desire for our lives is. And, and I feel like continuing to come back to that marriage covenant, that is really the embodiment of what, what he desires for us is to be that bride that is joined to him um, in that face-to-face -face intimacy. Um, the next bit that really uh, touched me as well uh, is like he receives a promise from the Lord that, you know, my presence shall go with you and I'll give you rest. But he's instantly in this place where he's like, I can't imagine, even though you've just said that, I don't want to leave from here if your presence doesn't come with me. Like that's not a life worth living as far as Moses is concerned. If your presence isn't going with me, then I don't want to even take a step away from that. I feel like that's a revelation um, of what, what the presence in our life is because the presence isn't separate from the person. And so Moses is also saying, I don't want to go anywhere where you're not with me. I want to be with you. Um, 
And, and the really beautiful part that, that continues in that, as he continues to ask, you know, if I've found favour in your sight, um, I and your people, is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished? And, and this word distinguished also translates uh, to distinct. And, and in some ways, uh, the, as the Hebrew for that was pala, um, it's the same word that gets used in, in Psalm 139 when it talks, when D- David says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And so the, the word also embodies that word wonderful, is that it's only in you going with us, I and your people, that we will be distinguished, distinct, which also speaks of that set apartness that the word sanctify also embodies too. But it's like, it's actually by your presence upon me that I am distinct. It's apart from your presence being upon me, apart from your presence going with me, I'm not actually distinct. I'm not actually um, this distinguished people. And I, and I feel the Lord's also wanting to just usher us into that place of being, being his distinguished people, not, not because even just, oh, this is how we live, but it's this is who we live with. And it's that difference where it's like, that's why religion is just a practice that you're trying to apply to your life. Whereas this, this relationship with the Lord that's in marriage is one that you're living in. You're living in the relationship and it's the very relationship that makes you distinguished, that makes you set apart, that makes you holy, that, that allows you actually to live, live this life that he has called us to. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to touch back on uh, the Ephesians 5 uh, kind of stuff I was talking about before. Um, just because the, the Lord took me into um, an encounter uh, recently, just a few weeks ago, um, particularly around that verse 29. Um, and, and so I want to share that with you and then and go into that, that verse 29 in a little bit more depth. Um, and so, so the vision that I, sh- I saw when I was, I was just spending some time with the Lord um, was actually quite like graphic and, and fairly offensive to my flesh to see what I saw um, because he showed me this middle-aged woman um, and she was very malnourished and uh, yeah very sickly thin and, and and the Lord started to describe that she was she was actually suffering from anorexia um, and I could I could feel the father's father's heart breaking for this woman and I could I could feel Jesus' heart uh, desiring to to love her and to to feed her and give her food and and the thing that was kind of heartbreaking for me was was seeing her and it wasn't it wasn't that she couldn't eat she was fully capable of eating but it was that she wouldn't she was refusing to eat and and I could just feel Jesus' heart just breaking for her and. And then, and then what he said to me was the part that impacted me the most, which was, uh, this is my bride. Um, and, and she won't even receive from my hand. She won't even eat um, what I have to give her. And, and then that, that, verse, that verse 29 um, is what, what he actually brought, brought to remembrance for me. Um, that talks about no one ever hated his own flesh. And, and what he was saying to me, though, was that this woman is choosing to. She's not understanding that, 
that she is the one that I love. She is the one that, that my heart of affection is for. She is the one that I want to nourish and cherish. She's actually not only choosing this state, but, but also being tormented by the very state that she's in. She's trying to achieve her beauty through this punishment to her own body. And, you know, in not, for those who maybe don't know as much about anorexia, you know, it's they're eating minimally next to nothing and they're, they're always kind of looking at themselves in the mirror, thinking they're ugly, thinking they're not beautiful. And so they're continually, they're essentially starving themselves, but, you know, not to, not to the point of death, although it can get that bad, but, you know, starving themselves because they want to be beautiful, they want to be skinnier, is what, what they're thinking in their minds. Um, and so he's saying that, that my bride um, has become this way, where she's actually trying to be beautiful by the standards of the world. She's trying to be She's trying to be beautiful by her own performance, by her own works. But if she would just come to me and be nourished and cherished and just be fed, then she would actually see her beauty because she would see me. And, and that's kind of the thing that I'm getting at with, with all of this is we find our beauty in his eyes for us. We find, we find how beautiful we are as his bride when we come face to face with the one who just loves us, the one who laid his life down for us. Um, he laid his life down so that he could reveal how precious and valuable we are to him, to remove sin, the very thing that was separating us from him, which um, is something that has to be turned away from um, and be repented of in order to come face to face with him. Um, and, and, and the next uh, little section of verses that I want to share as well, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that. Um, but, but it's just a place of going, I have, to, I have to see him, I have to behold him. Because um, the thing that was breaking my heart was, have I? I've been that bride. It wasn't. It wasn't this kind of impersonal. Oh yeah, that's the bride of Christ, and she's this like separate, distant thing. It's like you have been like that. We have been like that. We've we've tried to do religious works. We've tried to choose performance to be beautiful instead of coming face to face with the one who is our maker and our husband, the one who loves us. Um, and so the yeah the last little section of scripture that uh, I want to finish on is in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll go from uh, verse 15 through to 18. Uh, so it speaks of whenever Moses is read a veil lies over their heart. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And as well, just before we, we continue, I just want you to also just think and put yourself in in the position of, of the bride, um, a bride that would turn to the Lord at, at the altar. And, and, and that that veil would be removed and she would see, see her bridegroom rightly. She would see him face to face without anything um, hindering, hindering her from seeing him clearly. Because um, that's something as well that, I mean, we're seeing about it, about, about seeing Jesus rightly. And I just feel like we have to see him as our lover. We have to see him as our husband. Otherwise, we actually do him a discredit for what he paid for on the cross. That he paid for a bride and... And, and the payment of his blood is, is still is still speaking the better word that that is what we're to become, we're to be prepared to be his bride. Um, and so uh, verse 16 is, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, 
there is freedom. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. So for, for us, our reality and our invitation is, is this beholding of our bridegroom with an unveiled face. And, and even for me, it was just like a, a prayer is in my heart is that there wouldn't be any veil and, and a veil can just be anything that's hindering you from seeing him. It can be distraction. It can be, you know, busyness. It can be all of these different things. It can be a false, um, yeah, a false reality of, of the relationship that you actually have available. So you wouldn't actually even go and behold him. You wouldn't actually come face to face because you wouldn't even think that that is what he would desire for you. Um, so just these kind of mindsets that actually can prevent you from, from entering in, from entering to be, to be close with the one who, who died for you, the one who, who wants to be joined and, and for us, you know, desires to come and live with inside us. Um, and so the, the beholding is really as well what kind of caught my heart in that is we're beholding him and it's as in a mirror so we actually can see him clearly like you would see your own face in a mirror. It's, there's actually a clarity of seeing Jesus. Um, there's a clarity in seeing the image that he is actually desiring to transform you into, which is his, his very own image. Um, and this is all through, through the power of the Lord, the Spirit. So the Spirit of God is actually transforming us into the very image of the glorified Christ, of, of our husband. And, and so it's just this, this beautiful um, reality that we can actually come and behold and become. And, and that's, that's where the, the beholding and becoming stems from is, is that face-to-face, is that choice to come and, and look into his eyes, to, to see the love that he has for you, to see the love that is, is the very reason he died for you. Um, it was his love for you that led him to the cross and, and, and things like this are, are hard to kind of wrestle with at times because you're like well it's 2,000 years ago but it's 2,000 years ago he saw your face he saw his bride and he saw he saw her actually as a joy that was set before him because he knew what was possible he knew that he could actually have have his bride be joined with him and that's that's through the spilling of his blood and and Luke talks about you know the, the waters that would separate out and it was like there was actually the birthing of the bride was on the cross that's where we became possible to be joined to him because it wasn't possible for us to be joined to Jesus before that very moment. So in that moment, he becomes a husband who's looking for his bride. He becomes the one who's pursuing us. And, and that's what really the only reason you're in this room is because Jesus has pursued you and, and you have been drawn to him and, and, and the father and the son have brought you close. And, and in Ephesians uh, 3, uh, verse 14, it says, For you who are formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So there was, there was no ability for us to be brought near to him outside of his blood shed on the cross. And yeah, it's just, it's just such, a, such a beautiful, I think just like meditation in our heart to really see what he paid for and the relationship he desires. Because I was sold cheap on, on what relationship I have with Jesus. And this has been more recently that he's just 
And it feels weird, of course, being called his bride over and over again. But that's just been what he's been saying to me. And it's come away with me and, and come and be with me. And, and for me, that was a lot to do with even why I went away to Bethel was because he said to come away and just be with him. Um, and I'm just going to actually finish. on. I wrote something somewhat poetic that I just wanted to, to share with you guys too and, and just finish on. And um, Yeah, I don't know if we're going to do any worship or if we're just going to wrap, wrap things up. But um, yeah, I'd love to share this with you guys. Even if you just want to close your eyes and um, yeah, just let, let the words and yeah, just let this reality sink in. His priority is his bride. His priority is you. He takes you being loved, rescued, delivered, healed, and made whole in body, spirit, and soul personally. He is binding up our own brokenhearted. He is breaking the yoke of slavery, oppression, and orphanhood with the love of the Father and the spirit of adoption. By the power of the Spirit, He is proclaiming liberty to our members in captivity and freedom for those imprisoned. He is taking these words and turning them into an encounter. The question is not whether you will be transformed. It is whether you will behold him, whether you will look into his eyes of love that burn like fire. Will you maintain eye contact long enough to be melted by his love and affection for you? Thank you, Jesus. Will you draw close enough and look deep enough to see your own reflection in his tear-filled eyes? If you did, you would see the most beautiful bride. Holy, blameless, spotless and without blemish the one he is captivated by and in love with you would see the reason he went to the cross the one he counted the cost to have as his own the one he went through all the pain to gain death could not restrain him for you he would attain So I just love to pray for you guys as well. And yeah, even just encourage you to just stay in that place and, and not, not be in a hurry to move past it. Yeah. Yeah, not be in a hurry to move move past his his eyes and, and, and the very, very glance that is available and is actually searching for you. It's actually searching to meet your eyes. And in his eyes of love is transformation. Yeah. Yeah, for those of you even who have been coming, who have come here today that with, with tiredness and weariness, just there is a refreshment, there is a rest in his eyes of love. Yeah. There is a peace that is himself 
that he wants to give to you. He wants to give himself to you. Yeah, as your husband, he actually desires to give wholly himself to you. He's not restraining himself. He's not, um, yeah, holding back from you. He actually wants to give, give you abundantly his love. He wants to give you abundantly his peace. Mm. Yeah, so I just thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are, are the revelation yeah, of truth. You are the one who, who brings us and leads us into all truth. And so I even just pray, God, that, that you would lead us into the truth of the marriage covenant you purchased on the cross. That you would lead us into the place of intimacy that you desire with us. Yeah, that you would draw us away into the secret place. You would draw us away to have us and only us. Yeah, that insecurity, that, that unworthiness, insufficiency would actually just melt off us in your love. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we just thank you for your perfect love that drives out fear. Any fear, any worry and anxiety, I just declare by the blood of Jesus and the love of your heart, King Jesus, for that to be driven out right now. I thank you when love comes and fills, that fear and, and darkness scatter. So I just thank you, King Jesus, for your love. Yeah. Yeah, I just pray that your words of love would become an encounter in our hearts. Even right now, Jesus, I pray that we would encounter your love in a new way. We would see, see you rightly, Jesus. We would see your heart of affection for us. Yeah, your heart of care and concern for our well-being. Yeah, in every area of our life, Jesus. So I just bless your name and I thank you for your presence and I thank you that you are here with us. You're as close as our breath. Yeah. Just worship you. I adore you, Jesus. Mm. Yeah, let your, let your bride be blessed. Let your bride become as beautiful as you want her to be. Yeah. Let us see the beauty that you see. Let us see the beauty of your bride. Let us love her and serve her. Mm. Thank you, Jesus.
praise You're making my heart your resting place Brick by brick, praise by praise You're making my heart your resting place Brick by brick, praise by praise You're making my heart your resting place Brick by brick, praise by praise You're making my of just receiving from the Lord for a few more minutes. Um, but if you'd like to, you can head up the back, grab a tea and a coffee, chat to someone. Um, but if you're still receiving, um, yeah, we'll just, we'll just sing for a little bit longer and just stay in His presence for a little bit longer.
No place I'd rather be I'd rather be hearing your love, hearing your love. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul. Thank you for revealing your heart to us this morning. Father, as we as we move on today and as we encourage one another, yeah, may these words and thoughts be always on the forefront of our hearts and minds, Lord. Lord, we don't want any ambition in this life that is not your ambition for us. Let your passion and your zeal be ours forever. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. God bless you.